As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Welcome to the My Essential Birth Podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Stephanie. And we're professional doulas, childbirth educators, and the creators of My Essential Birth, the holistic, empowering online childbirth education course helping mothers everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. So join us each week as we share tips and advice for all things pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can be the first to get new content. And head over to www.myessentialbirth.com for more information about our birth course and to join a community of mamas just like you. Before we get started, we would like to invite you to leave a review for this podcast in iTunes. It's a brand new show and it's really important in the launch of a new podcast to gather reviews. Will you please help us spread the word by leaving a review so that more mamas have a chance of finding this podcast when they search for one? We read every single review and we promise to keep doing that. We love what everyone, all of you ladies have been saying about the Pregnancy and Birth Made Easy podcast here with My Essential Birth. So thank you everyone for your continued support. Our reviewer of the week is Ladybug LH and she says, such an encouraging podcast. I'm pregnant with my second child, and after having a hard first birth, this podcast has given me the hope of having the birth I really want this time. So thankful to have such an educational and encouraging podcast and birth course for a nervous mama like me. Ladybug LH, you are not alone. I would say that the majority of our students that come to the birth course itself this isn't their first pregnancy. It ain't their first rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> but they've had some kind of initial experience that didn't go so great, and they are feeling empowered to make it different the next time around. And they're seeking. They're yeah. seeking for something better. So you're in good company. I admire that. <laughs> Way to go. Thanks for tuning in. Today's podcast episode is a direct answer to questions that we've received in our DMs and in emails all about what do I do or what does this look like for me now that I'm pregnant after 35? So what is typically considered a high risk, although we're going to get into why that might not be evidence-based, um, why that, you know, into that high risk category. So basically, this is all about birthing not in your 20s. So as we dive into this topic, I'm just going to give you a brief overview of what we're going to cover during this episode. We want to talk about the kind of what is advanced maternal age <laughs> or giving birth to a baby not in your 20s. Uh, what's the importance of talking about this? What do we need to know? What really is the difference between a mom before and after age 35? Why women are choosing to have babies later and what that looks like, particularly here in the United States. 
We want to talk about what the challenges are for moms who are over 35 and giving birth, whether or not you've had a baby before, what you can do for the best outcomes, and also why it matters to have your mind in the right mental space. Please keep in mind that we are not doctors or midwives ourselves, and while we do provide a ton of evidence-based information, we cannot give you medical advice, so always seek the care and opinion of a competent medical provider, or several. Stephanie and I are cringing even having to read this term, <laughs> but we're just giving you a heads up. It gets labeled as advanced maternal age. Bum, bum, bum. I know. <laughs> wah, wah. So let's talk about what that actually means. What's the definition here? So it can either be defined as being 35 or older and being pregnant or 40 and older, but oftentimes it starts at 35. We're not going to use the term advanced maternal age, though. We're going to say women over 35 that are pregnant. Or it, like Courtney said, just not birthing in our you're 20s. just not birthing in your 20s. <laughs> yes. I love the way she put that. Because women have babies safely well into their 40s and even later, right, you pick up the People magazine, and there's some celebrity giving birth in her 50s, even you at know, home. At home. <laughs> and so it is what it is, but we'll get into what you need to know during this episode. I had somebody DM us, and she said that her doctor used the term geriatric. Oh. And I wanted to punch the doctor. I'm like, geriatric? Okay, in medical terms, just, to, just so we can like lay this out straight, geriatric in the medical community is 65 plus. Okay, and if you're coming to us at a geriatric age and you are pregnant, then we have some different things to talk about. Either you that are not or geriatric before age 65. I was going to say either that or he like looked at her and he was like, girl needs a night cream. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That either way, find a new provider, right? And she no, did. And, and her good. new provider didn't dare ever say that. And I was very clear to say that's because it's not real. Like, right? Like geriatric, you are not geriatric. Come on. Could you imagine? Like, poor <sighs> woman, what she must have been thinking about her body at that point just from Seriously. that term. So anyways. Let's talk about why we need to be talking about this. Like, really, what's the difference from I'm 34 and a half to now I'm 35 and high risk and everything's going to go south? Um, this is something kind <laughs> of weighing on my heart now because I am, I'm over 34 now. And so if I get pregnant now, I will be delivering my baby. I'll be giving birth to my baby after the age of 35, which technically puts me into that high risk category. So you geriatric mama. <laughs> Uh, it, you know what? I'm going to make a shirt and I'm going right. to rock the heck out of that. It's going to be amazing. Um, but what's the difference? So let's get into that. So for starters, women over 35 are regularly encouraged to have an induction of labor or to choose an elective cesarean birth at 39 weeks based on their age alone. And we're going to we're going to get into why and why not for that here in just a minute? Yeah. And in the U.S. alone, uh, the amount of women who give pregnant and give birth over 35 has been increasing over time. And we were talking about this just before the episode. Mm -hmm. But um, whether that's because of society as a whole or whatever, we'll get into that in a second too. But basically just like within the last 50 years even, the ages have gone up from like being 18, 19, very early 20s to having children much later, closer to your 30s and, and even late 30s. So that's kind of, and I think the statistic is with, it's been like 15% of women now, which I looked that up. And so literally it's not a small amount of women. So if 15% of women are giving birth after the age of 35, it's about 570,000 women a year per that's a year. Women. That's a lot of women. So why are women choosing to have babies later in life? Well, honestly, it kind of comes down to societal norms nowadays. 
um, it's all moving this direction. You've got birth control. You've unfortunately got abortion. Um, you're wanting to make sure that you can completely provide for your family before having children. You want to finish school. You want to have work. You want to have an established career. Um, and then I feel like we're starting to see more fertility complications and fertility treatments, and that's just to name a few. Yeah, and there's no right or wrong reason to be pregnant at any given age. Um, but while getting pregnant later might be tricky, fertility tends to decrease as a mom gets older, but it's not unattainable. And many women get pregnant and sustain a pregnancy and do birth wonderfully, just as we've mentioned. All right, so what are the challenges that women experience when they are pregnant and giving birth after the age of 35? Um, what we do know is that the risk of a mother giving birth to a baby with Down syndrome does increase as she gets older. And this is a reason, hold on, this is not a reason not to get pregnant, Just it's just information, right? It's just data. The risk increases with each year, but the odds become much greater as a mother approaches and is in her 40s. Uh, miscarriage also increases with age, um, but as we started looking and researching this, a lot of that has to do with egg quality, which we know is part of the problem for fertility as you get older. In fact, they had studies that showed that moms who um, used a donor egg and put it in their older uterus <laughs> were actually able to sustain that pregnancy um, at a much higher rate and give birth to just babies that were wonderful. So I think the next part is kind of our big hot topic, and that is stillbirth. This is kind of the number one thing, the reason that inductions happen. So when we said doctors ask you to do an induction at week 39 or an elective cesarean birth, this is kind of the main reason. So I think we want to dive into that. So the data, the studies, they do show an increase specifically after 39 weeks, and this increase continues with each subsequent week of pregnancy, which is why doctors commonly recommend induction or elective cesarean birth at 39 weeks. I do think there are some interesting things to note too um, that made a statistical difference. So if you are a mom and you've been pregnant before and then you get pregnant again after age 35, which is like me, I've had three babies before. If I get pregnant again, I will be pregnant and giving birth after the age of 35. The risk of me or someone in that category having a stillbirth baby is actually always smaller no matter what the age, um, even as that increases into the 40-45 range, than a mother who is pregnant for the very first time after age 35. But I want to talk about the statistical differences because even at that, the, the differences are very low. And so when we were talking before the episode, I was like, this is the thing that riles me up and that I'm so glad that we that I took time to study and research because... A lot of times you're hearing that like the risk of stillbirth increases like by two, like it doubles, right? Yeah. And so when you use a term like that, it can sound very scary. It sounds like, oh my gosh, like 50% of women are going to have issues with stillbirth if they stay pregnant after week 39. And that's not true. So say that you are looking at a study that says one out of every 1,000 babies will be born as a stillborn for women between age 24 and 35. I'm not giving exact statistics, but say that if that number doubles, the risk doubles after age 35, that's two babies for every 1,000. So it's called a relative risk and not the actual risk. So the actual risk would be telling you that the two out of every 1,000 or whatever that percentage is, that's the risk of stillbirth for that age group. But by saying that it doubles, it, it just makes it sound a little scarier. Yeah, it's an error, I think, in how the information is presented totally. to women who yes. are 35 and older. It, it almost kind of feels like a scare tactic sometimes. Yeah, and I wonder truly if 
if maybe the providers don't understand the information completely? Why, if that really was the case, and as the knowledgeable, educated person that they are, they knew that information, why would they present it in such a way that would force a woman into something that is actually less safe for her and baby? I don't understand an that. Being less right. For an elective cesarean being less safe. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Courtney and I were talking again before. Interestingly enough, we had looked at some studies, and one of which was done, and they basically came to the conclusion, so if they were to induce every single mom that was over the age of 35 at 39 weeks in order to prevent a stillborn baby, they'd have to do thousands of inductions, which include their own risks, so there's no way to really look at the assessment of that in order to prevent a very small amount. It was like 17 stillbirths. It was over like 4,500 inductions to prevent 17 stillbirths. What you're saying is, there's likely more risk associated with induction and cesarean birth yes. than there is with stillborn at. And we're not trying to say that there isn't a risk. There is, and we've talked about that. It yeah. does double. Right. But you get but it's more fair complications. To have, right, all the information. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay, will you talk about this? Because I thought that was really interesting, where the, the rates of a mother naturally going longer in her birth. Talk about gestation. Yeah, so this was kind of interesting. Um, for a first-time mom going into birth over the age of 35, uh, gestation length is usually longer. And her. increased, right. Yeah. And so I think that's important to take into account, too, because that leaves mom with that empowerment to risk assess. So if you know that this is your first pregnancy over 35, then you know you have a risk of going longer. Your first pregnancy and you're over 35. And you're over 35, that you have a risk of going longer, which isn't necessarily a problem in itself, but we are aware that first-time moms... It's a tendency to go Right. Down. Over 35, that once you start hitting... 40, 41, 42 weeks, the risk of stillbirth does continue to increase. So then you can grab those markers and do some of your own research and decide with your provider what you want to be doing along the way. I think something that's really important and that we've got kind of nailed down for women no matter what is we have these things that we can do to increase our chances of going into labor on our own at a more decent time, at a more appropriate Mm -hmm. time. So if you guys have seen, and we can include it in our show notes, but we have an entire worksheet that's all about how to jumpstart your birth. And that's stuff that you can start doing at week 37 to start prepping yourself. Like once you know baby is gestated, they're good. If they come out, they're not going to need NICU stay. There are some things that you can do to get your body prepped and ready to encourage your body to go into labor on its own. And I think that's what we see a lot of the time with out of hospital birth midwifery care, midwives are very involved with tinctures and acupressure points and um, eating dates or other evidence-based practices that help a mom's body to prepare and go into labor on her own so that they're not having to deal with induction. Didn't we find a study that talked about how um, women who were over the age of 35 and in the care of, say, an out-of-hospital midwife, they had fewer Statistically, their differences, well, and fewer stillbirths for fewer rate of induction, fewer rate of cesarean, fewer rate of obstetrical complication, obviously. Overall, I it almost makes me want to say to women, if you you're over, <laughs> if you're over 35 and pregnant, you're likely to have a better experience out of hospital with a midwife. Yeah. And we, I mean, I think that can be true of any birthing woman, but I feel like it's especially true if you're over 35. I mean, why not do the research and ask the questions and interview and, you know, maybe having a a natural birth, because that's what you would be doing, obviously, if you were out of hospital, is not your thing. And so that's something to consider. But if it is, why why not do some research? I really believe, and I feel like I just have to insert this here, in the power of mother's intuition. 
I do believe that you can be guided to know what's going to be best for you and your baby because there might be circumstances where you just, you can't ignore the nudge that it would be best for you to deliver in hospital or take that induction or whatever. And I would say, trust that feeling. Um, But as you research and as you study and prepare, kind of keep, keep the lanes open here. Keep an open mind. Yeah, totally. I'd be curious to talk to a huge group of moms who started having babies in their 20s and they're still having babies in their 30s and 40s and talk to them about what differences have you noticed with each subsequent pregnancy? And do you feel that that was related to the number of children that you've had or do you feel like it's more related to your age in terms of how your body responds or bounces back from pregnancy and birth? Yeah, it's interesting to think about because you have no way of knowing. <laughs> right? I know, like, I know. Like, it, could it be because you had your babies so close together? Could it be because of the amount? Could it be because you were getting older as you were having babies? I think there's a lot of factors there. Um, generally, though, I feel like women who um, exercise regularly, eat really healthy, those women, no matter what, are going to bounce back, so to say, a little bit easier and a little bit quicker than yeah. others. But even then, there are variations in that. You know, I Definitely. know women that are super healthy and very, like, maybe even thin or um, what we would consider like in shape prior to pregnancy and even do well during pregnancy, but then hold on to the baby weight for breastfeeding or whatever. So yeah, so there's variations. I was so mad about that because everybody told me if you breastfeed, you're burning so many calories. calories. Yeah. Yeah, And you'll just drop that weight really quickly. My body did the opposite. I felt like, (laughs) I felt like I kind of slimmed down in some areas during pregnancy and then my body held on to weight postpartum. So it's different. But one thing I think you and I have both agreed on in pretty much every other mom I've talked to is that by the time you get to babies like three, four, (laughs) whatever, your body's like, oh, this again? And Mm -hmm. you're needing maternity genes at eight weeks instead of like five (laughs) months with your first. Yeah. So what kind of stands in the way? I think probably the top thing that I would think that is standing in a way for a mother that is pregnant over the age of 35 is her head. Right. Truthfully, culture. Yeah. The mindset. Well, and then when you go to a doctor and they say geriatric, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Or advanced maternal age, or now we have to put you with the high risk doctor, all of that's going to mess with your head. Yeah. Um, I think what's really interesting is I have several midwifery friends and they deliver babies all the time. They catch babies all the time from mothers who are over 35 at home, obviously. And um, the truth is the risks are low. And I think overall, um, we, I even have a midwifery friend who did a lot of her catching of her babies for her primary stuff with the Amish in Pennsylvania. And the Amish have babies well into their 40s. They eat healthy. They expect their bodies to be able to do it. So when I reached out to some of these midwives and I was like, what can I tell these women um, to give them some hope, some encouragement, some empowerment? And it was basically get the culture out of your head. Focus on getting United States culture, whatever, out of your head. Your body and baby already know what to do, so trust the process. And I think that's probably the very best information that we could give you as well. So make sure that I'll put it again. Like, I feel like we put the find it and flip it exercise in every single episode, but I'm just going to put it again. I'm going to keep putting it. Because if you can get power over your head, it affects you physically, your entire body. Um, Think about that. Anytime, like when you are sad, when you are happy, like, do you notice how that emotion changes, physically changes your body? If somebody close to you dies, like, how does your body react? It kind of shuts down. You don't want to eat. You can't sleep well. Like, these things have an effect. And so if we put the right things into our mind, it can have a very positive effect on the rest of our body, our pregnancy, our birth, all of it. I mean, just look at Elizabeth from the Bible, right? Pregnant with John the Baptist. 
she would be a geriatric mom. She was like at yeah. least 60. So, you know, she can and she do gave it. birth to a healthy baby and survived, both of them, right? Went yeah. on to have a good life. So there you go. And there's some more. I mean, I, I think there are, like, there's scriptural accounts, but that's also history, right? Yeah. So, and who's the woman? She was, like, in her 90s, right? Joseph's wife. Joseph's wife. Yeah. Never going to get pregnant. They laughed when the angel came and told them, and she got pregnant and had a baby. And there was actually a report of that a couple years back. The woman was in her 90s. And she gave birth to a baby. No. Yes, for real. It wasn't in our country, but I clearly remember reading that and being like, oh, that poor woman, I know I've seen on TLC and I didn't know I was pregnant and the woman was like 60 or 70. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? We should do an entire episode on I didn't know I was pregnant. Oh gosh. There there are so many of them. Well, it's okay. The people tuning in know their But I love it because so. they all it's all the same story. Right? I felt like I had to go to the bathroom. Oh, my gosh. And they sit down on the If you are that woman, email us. <laughs> Here's I just want to hear. Yeah. So you might be wondering, especially if you're a mama over 35, what can I do to have the best outcomes possible for my birth and my baby? And so I feel like the number one, we're going to drill it into you guys every time. <laughs> educate yourself. Read, do the research, learn the difference between relative risk and actual risk, which Stephanie talked about. Um, Study the numbers, get informed. And then, duh, find a provider that's going to support you, right? Our number two, like education and a provider. Because if you can find somebody that is on your side, on your team from the very beginning, then you don't have to worry about getting your head in the right space because you've already got that support. Do what you can to remain healthy and low risk. Um, Have a well-balanced diet. Hit those protein numbers. Drink enough water. Exercise regularly. Take your supplements and your prenatals. Um, This really does decrease the risk of pregnancy complications overall. And they still increase each year, but overall you're going to have a healthier mom with less risk. Yeah, and studies show that. Um, Also take into consideration things that might make you higher risk, such as preeclampsia or type 2 diabetes. If you're pregnant with your first baby after the age of 35, those are things to consider um, discussing things like induction or how do I jumpstart my birth a little bit earlier. We don't want to put those things to the side. We want to make it very clear that you have options and you should be empowered with your decision making. Um, But if you know what's going on, then you can ask the right questions and plan for the the correct course. Right. And then overall, women who seek out of hospital midwifery, and we touched on this, for birth, they have smaller risks for inductions, interventions, um, obstetrical complications, and cesarean birth. So it may be something that you'll want to research a bit more. We know that this is, it can be kind of a heavy topic. It's one that needs a lot of discussion, and women want to understand all the whys and all their options. And we, Stephanie and I, we appreciate the fact that complications do increase with age, and we're not trying to brush those aside. Um, Mothers, though, of any age can experience complications or loss at any point during their pregnancy, and we have such a deep love and concern for any mother that has to walk through that pain. Yes, and on an encouraging note, though, if you have all the facts, then you have that freedom, and you're empowered to make the very best birthing decisions for you and your family. There's no right answer, I don't think, for birth at any stage of life. Um, And we're all about love, education, and support. So remember that no matter how you choose to move forward, we are 100% here to cheer you on. (laughs) Woohoo! We also want to take a moment and thank the women who have personally reached out to us and they, you know, requested that we cover this topic because there's not a ton of discussion happening around it. Um, We, I know I loved, you loved researching this just a little bit deeper and providing hope and encouragement to you along the way. And so if you have a topic that you want to hear us discuss, please shoot us an email. We're just hello 
at myessentialbirth.com or you can send us a DM on Instagram at myessentialbirth. All right, mamas, we will be back with more tips and advice soon. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe so that you get notifications first about new episodes. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for more information on the birth course and to join our online community serving pregnant mamas just like you.